Welcome to She Critiques, where we discuss the new, the old, all things cinema. I'm Mercedes, television producer, certified reviewer, and all-around movie buff. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. First and foremost, welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast. If you love movies just as much as I do, you are really going to enjoy the episodes that I have planned out. Each episode will include a current film, also known as my Chic of the Week, and a classic film where we're going to discuss and pay homage to films that have paid the way for cinema today. I promise to do my research, but listen, I'm only human, so if you hear me make a mistake or an error, you know, and you have your own opinion on my thoughts, please feel free to share. This is an open forum. Um, I really want to hear your feedback and how you view film as well, so Give me all the comments. I'm looking forward to it. I want to hear your perspective. Film is art and it's up for interpretation. So I'm not going to delay any longer. You see what the title of this film is. I plan to title all the episodes after classic films that will be discussed. So this first week we're discussing The Color Purple. And later on, we're going to discuss Antebellum, a new film that's coming out with Janelle Monet. I'm sure you've seen the trailer. It looks amazing. I had the privilege of seeing a screener. And if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, there might be some spoilers. So I'm letting you know right now, but you can always enjoy the color purple segment as well. Joining me today on the podcast is a good friend of mine, Katia Woods. She is an AFCA member as well, which is the African-American Film Critics Association. And she agreed to come on and talk about these films with us. And I'm really excited to have her. Hello. Hi, Katia. Hi. I was like, what is going on? I was like, I'm following instructions. I'm not being the difficult one for once. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Listen, I'm figuring out this whole podcast uh, thing, too. This is the first episode, so. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yes. No worries. Um, Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, When I thought about the films that I wanted to discuss, I thought Antebellum would be perfect, and I really thought The Color Purple would be a nice caveat. And I really wanted to discuss it with another woman. So I think you have a brilliant mind and an eye for storytelling. So I really wanted you to be a part oh, of the As discussion. I'm like currently fighting 18 um, <laughs> deadlines, right? And I was like, and, and Tiff started today. And I'm like, but you know what? I said, I'm just going to have to put my big girl panties on and make it work because there was, it could, there was a time when it was just nothing happening. So, we gotta, <laughs> well, book them busy is a blessing. I know. Book right? busy exactly. and blessed. Let me put my big girl panties on, make my pot of coffee, and keep it moving. I hear you. I hear you. So, I mean, without further ado, we are going to jump right into these two films, starting with The Color Purple. Um, I just watched it again last night. I know for me, I've seen it over a hundred times, of course, probably as of you, but I needed to see it again just to refresh and really get, you know, some thoughts on the film. When was the last time you saw it? Actually, it probably was maybe about a year. You know how you channel surf and you, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you see it. And it's one of those films where, you start watch, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch like a little bit. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. you're saying all the lines. And next thing you know, you are, an hour has gone by. And then you're like, well, I'm going to watch the whole thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's definitely one of those films where anytime it's on television, no matter what part it's at, 
you just watch it from that part. You know, it doesn't even have to be from the beginning because we've seen, we know the story so well. It's like wherever you catch it is just where you catch it at, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Because it is one of those things. And I think sometimes we forget how young Whoopi was. Like this was Whoopi's first big film. Like she had done Broadway. She was known as a comic and she just came off of this Tony Award winning, you know, uh, performance. And... Mm. Then when people were like she was gonna do the color purple, you're like, who that same girl that put the the the, the shirt on her head, you know? <laughs> but it just was the beginning of, um, of an ama- amazing career, and she's got the stand coming out for CBS soon. Okay. And but the other thing that I was thinking about because I looked at the details for the color purple because you know we got the new Oscar rules. And I was like, the crazy thing about this film is it's a it's it's a black story, yeah. black cast, but behind the scenes, it was all white. Steven Spielberg, yes. Yeah. So let's let's get into that. Steven Spielberg telling a story for first of all, it's the Alice Walker novel, but for Steven Spielberg to be the director of this film, how do you think he captured this black story? I think this is a perfect example. While that wouldn't happen today, uh, I think this is a perfect example where a white person directed something and they didn't make a mockery of the story. Mm. They complimented it. I think he, uh, you know, and I think maybe, and I can be a bit presumptuous, because of his Jewish background, he under he had an understanding and because of his um research with like the holocaust he didn't strike me as a type of person that took on this work without doing his research and trying to understand um the point of entry that alice walker had in creating these characters yes yeah i agree with you um just for, and from seeing the movie again last night, I, the language, you know, even some of his shots and capturing black beauty on screen with Whoopi and Margaret Avery, like he really got in there and it doesn't seem like he was a scared director no. in his approach of capturing a black story. You know, sometimes we get directors who can be a little scared to go into this world of blackness and scared of black beauty on screen. But he was, lots of uh, close-up shots of Whippy's face and Margaret's face and even Danny Glover. Like, he was not afraid of their blackness. And I think that came across as well on screen. You know, I think when you tell this story that has so many um, nuances in it, you have to be be willing to commit. Because if you're not ready to commit, if you're going to half-ass it, for lack of a better word, I feel as though mm-hmm. people are going to know. Yeah. Most importantly, people have to remember, I know it seems like decades ago, um, this was a best-selling book. So people knew people knew the story. So it wasn't yes. like he could go in there and just be like, whatever. Like they, you know, they read this book. So if he was going to like, you know, skirt on like, um, Seely and Shook's relationship. People would have been like, "No, nah, that's not what happened here," and it would have been like, "Yeah, exactly." And they would have they really, would have red flagged really, it, red um, flag. mm-hmm. called him on the carpet for it, you know. But yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. And then also, and you saying that makes me think of even I'm sure he's felt the pressure as a director. You know, I, maybe we don't give that enough credit too. like he knows that he has to come in and tell a black story. So maybe, you know, maybe let's give him the credit of, of I want to get this right. You know what I mean? And and the pressure from people who love the novel and know the story. So come in and put your best foot forward. Um Let's go into a little bit more of like these themes as well, because, well, first let's go to why, why do we love this film? Because this film is laced with trauma, with, you know, domestic violence, with abuse, sexual abuse, um, incest to it, to a degree. So much trauma is laced in this film, but yet this it, this has become a staple and a classic for so many because black it's people. also about trauma. Why do you think we love That's this? That's the film? thing that people forget. Yes, it has those themes in mm. there, and it is uncomfortable to watch. And Danny Glover's a character never really has a name. He's Mister, right? And he is the villain. However, right, what right. the arc is is that where Seely started is not where she ends up. That in spite of all the things that she was told, she triumphs, she overcomes them. And she goes from from feeling insecure and feeling as nothing to seeing value, feeling beautiful, Mm. finding her strength and not feeling shame anymore. And that's that's a message that I think a lot of women need to take the heart you know that it's not you know one of my favorite sayings is you are the author of your own book you don't control the beginning you don't control the end you control everything Mm -hmm. in between so you can the chapters that were bad you can turn them into good ones right I couldn't agree more I agree with you I feel like we see silly in like an oppressed state throughout this film you know for the for the bulk of the film is this black woman in a in a space of oppression she can't do anything like she's in she's closed in that shell she covers her smile she's just not living to her full potential and i do think by the end of that to see her thrive and live and to speak out loud and take up space you know to find herself i don't know what age she was when she you know when she finally left him in this film but she can't it was like a coming to age story you know i'm i'm woman hear me roar like i'm gonna be here i'm gonna take up space you will not have me uh bent over and bruised down like this is this is who i am you know what i'm gonna walk in that so i that definitely that underdog story oh, i think sure. is why we, sure. we root for I mean, her in when this the film. Movie, like when she first um is introduced i want to say she's i'm being polite by saying she's probably like 15 16 you know what i mean and because it's that at that time Mm -hmm. uh you were considered a woman and it people felt as though uh you are married marrying age because if you are married by like 20 or something you were either taking care of your mother or something was wrong with you people deemed that you were not marriage material Right. So that brings me to the first thing that I have marked off is is women as property. So this theme of owning women, you know, Silly was with her father and then given to Mr. 
and he deems her not even suitable and definitely not his equal but that I own you this is what you do these are your role you know this is what you do in my household but then that caveat of when Suge comes into play she's not his property he respects Suge on a different level Um, not necessarily as an equal but this is a woman that I love and that I value and this is how I'm going to treat her in this space so when it comes to Silly's oppression and Suge's freedom you know that's the the biggest thing I see here and Danny Glover's character Mr. of having ownership of Silly. It's like you said you know she fulfilled the purpose whereas the other woman fulfilled the desire you fulfilled mm-hmm. the purpose because um, mm. is it ever explained to us what happened to Mister's wife? You know, her. First... They said they. I want to say in the church because I just saw it again last night. I really had to freshen up last night in the church when he would take when he would gaze at Nettie because he wanted Nettie originally, and Silly said as in, in a narrative, you know, we we heard that his wife died. I forgot how they said she died, but she died uh, some type of way. Uh, don't quote me. I'm going to have to look that up. But they, she did that's die. What I, that's what I thought. Um, but we don't know so, what happened so to her. So here's the thing is, and the, but the relationship never mm-hmm. is explained. Was he in love with her? Was it an unexplained death? So I always felt as though like that might have informed also his attitude towards Celie. You know, maybe he was like, I don't want to get... Mm attached to another woman Shug left you know because she's an artist and this other woman died so now I just think of you as property you know what I mean whereas yeah she came right right because she got married got dropped off at the house walked in saw those badass kids that filthy house and it was like Mm-hmm. You know, not even like, let me give you a tour of the house. It was like here and he left. And because she had, you know, done kind of like the same, been kind of conditioned in the same way by her father, she understood what was expected of her. She was there to clean. Right. She was there to help rear the kids, to make his meals and that much. No one ever asked her if she needed anything. If she was comfortable, no. It was all about making his life easier. Servitude. She was there, yeah, she was there and, to cook, yeah, clean, and, and give him sex on command. I don't think, I think those were her roles. You act like he's going on the toilet on you, right? Because she she never she never knew yeah, intimacy. Yeah. People always think, and then this is that is a whole kind of other conversation, but people always think that sex is intimacy and I'm like no it's not you know what I mean like she was involved she basically was used as a vessel so Mm. he can have his needs met because there was no affection he never held her hand he never kissed her it was like you know he got on top of her and just was like okay now I'm going to sleep and it's confusing for a young woman because even how she was introduced into sex was she she didn't know what it was called but she knew right. something about that wasn't right and uh something about that was shameful and should not be discussed outside of the household and now you know women back then allegedly were supposed to be informed about 
sexuality from their husbands or introduced from it. And now she's married and her husband is even more buttoned up about it. So the poor woman is very confused. Yes. And then to for her to carry around the shame as well, which is a big, big theme in her character, because even at the beginning, when she has her children, her father came in and as he's taking her child and says, uh, you know, don't let your mother know this, it'd kill her. And then the next thing they cut to is her mother's funeral. You know, so this shame that she's wearing of, I don't know if the mother found out that the children were by the father or whatever the case may be, but the cut to it of now the mother is dead and her head hanging low. You know what I mean? Because the, this thing that I've done with my well, father has now also, caused my mother you know, to we leave. We gotta me. also understand our you know? community, right? We keep our business in the house, no matter how horrific it is. We don't discuss it out of the house. Uh, you don't share your troubles, you know? So even if the mother knew, who was she gonna tell? Like who, and, and, and not, it not reflect right. badly upon her because again, as we're discussing, they would have been like, why is he going to the daughter for something that you should be providing? What, yeah, what's lacking in you? What are you getting from doing? your wife? Why is your man, why are you not taking care of your man? Do you know what I mean? So she probably, had she known, probably knew that um, she would have gotten blamed. And, and again, where would they went where would they have gone with that conversation where was their refuge and who was going to believe the woman over the man yes yes so so with this being laced with trauma i realized as well that Silly and Nettie being two different types of characters and i really i'm interested to hear how you view Nettie because in my eyes, Nellie, Nettie was a little more free. She was a fighter, uh, a little, maybe a little more sassy. But this is my unpopular opinion. I do think that there was a little bit of jealousy between Silly and Sophia. I think Silly had a little bit of jealousy for Sophia because Sophia was boisterous and dominant and opinionated and you know, all the things that she was not. But Nettie also had some of those characteristics, but she was not jealous to me of Nettie. I think Nettie How was do you her view lifeline for one pure her joy. Nettie knew that um, hmm. she knew, but Nettie wasn't in a position to help her in terms of escaping things. Nettie did what she could, you know, Nettie had an opportunity because she was considered beautiful. She was considered smart. Yes. She was more, excuse the expression, marketable in terms of marriage. But what Nettie Mm -hmm. was smart enough to understand is I get a chance to be educated. I'm sharing that with you because it's, I know it's something that's going to help you and it's going to, you know what I mean? It's going to get open up that darkness a little bit. Yeah, because you know what? Give some type um, of advancement. Again, this is stuff we take for granted, not being able to read. It's another way to keep you low, to keep you ignorant, to keep you in your place. And the crazy thing is uh, that he did that to her, knowing that as a Black man, he was denied education. And then he turns around by white people and does the same thing to his wife. 
Yes, speak about it. Because a lot of the things that Mr. gave to Celie oh, sure. was the treatment for that sure. he received on the outside. Which is a whole nother conversation with how Black men are treated in the world and in society and then how they bring it back to the home and just give it to us because we are their only um, punching bag, so to speak. And that's just lack of a better word. But we are sometimes their only outlet. So what I've been given from the world, I turn around and give to you. Because a lot of Celie's character, the way he was treating her was a lot of servitude, slavery, almost slavery mentality. He was using her as a slave. And you know, to to answer your question, Sophia was an enigma in itself because Sophia was very comfortable in her sexuality. She knew what she wanted. Like she had no qualms about wanting Harpo, you know what I mean? And being, being, and letting the world know that he was hers. Yes. And, um, also love the fact that um you know Sophia would not just put up with any old thing from Harpo and for Celie that had to be mind-blowing because he he, this is what she's been told women live at the expense of men and here comes this girl that's younger Mm -hmm. well I want to say maybe even the same age because we got to remember that Celie wasn't that old and she looking at Sophia like, who is this? Like, who, who are her people? It, you know, just very, yes. um, for lack of a better word, just an absolute shock. And that Harpo would pick somebody like that. Yes. Knowing who his father is. Yes. But a part of me also feels like Harpo was in his own oppression as well, because Mr. had that hand on Harpo as well. Do as I say, boy, you know, for a very long time. So he had his own trauma that he was dealing with as well. And like you said, to pick a woman like Sophia, who was so opposite of what his father would have approved of, you know? And so, so Sophia's character to me, what it represented for Celie was almost, it's going back to a slave mentality. Oh, for sure. oh she the rebellious one. She gonna get herself killed. You know, she she gonna something gonna happen to that woman because she is she talk way too much. She take up too much space. She say what's on her mind. That woman is gonna get killed. But that's that slavery mentality. Oh, you must want to die. You must not know you, who you, you belong must to. Die or worse than get that. to your you master. Get us killed. Yep. Yeah, you and must. When you're like, trying to nah, get everybody. Like, my killed. life is complicated <laughs> enough. Here comes this little old girl into the mix and want to be like, exactly taking up space, taking up space. So, so that brings to one of the famous quotes and the line of, you know, you told Harpo to beat me, because silly told Harpo. But first, first, Mister told well, yeah. Harpo, you need to get that woman in line. And and Silly was the second one to co-sign when Harpo was trying to figure out what to do with well, this woman. Well, that's because that's what you need to be there, Mister Does. To, so this was to Silly, you know. So Silly is like, you know, this yes. woman has lived in this bubble with no light, and so Silly looks at Harpo and is like, you know. Well, that's what your father does. So, and look at me. I'm like meek and, you know, right. Get her in line. So maybe if you beat her, she'll she'll calm down a little bit. 
Right. Do you, you know, think, think there was even a hint she didn't of know, jealousy She didn't know there. no better. She, like, where does Seely go other than church? Mm. That whole world is surrounded around right. Mr. She's never seen a woman like that. Her she can and cannot do. And the only time she sees people that are different is at church. And then at church, she probably just do what she got to do and come right back home. Right. Okay. Okay. So moving on. And so Suge comes in. Suge comes in and she is staying up in this house with Mr. And I believe it was uh, Danny Glover's father. I forget his name. But when Pop comes around and says to Silly, you know, you you one heck of a woman letting your oh, husband's hoe um, lay up in this Adam house. Caesar, uh, who he may he rest in peace. He was, okay. um, yeah, all the, a, a lot of the men didn't have names in this film. They were Mr. and he's listed as old Mr. Right. <laughs> Mr.'s father. But Adolf Caesar, God rest his soul, <laughs> was amazing in this, also in Soldier's um, story. But he, yeah, he did. It's just the way he pronounced things. You letting your husband's hoe. You know what yes. I mean? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't say gal. Uh-huh, he would say gal. Uh-huh. Gal? Yeah. Yes, he was a scene stealer. His Didn't have many scenes, like, but definitely a disgusting. scene stealer. He... Yeah. Yes. So uh, another theme that I want to jump over to is sisterhood for me. Because sisterhood is also laced throughout this film. And maybe that's just from the mind of Alice Walker and recognizing who your allies are in these kind of situ- in these oppressed type of situations. But sisterhood is so laced throughout this film. Even though Suge comes in and she's, you know, you show is ugly. Quickly, we see that turn into a, a, a bond and a sisterhood with Celie. Likewise with Sophia and likewise with Celie and her actual sister. So this camaraderie of women, even though we're in different spaces and we're being treated differently, I see you, my sister. You know? Um when we first are introduced to Shug, we do think like, who the hell is this woman? Like, what kind, how kind of tackiness is this? You up in, in this, in this house and knowing that there's a wife there and you just don't give a damn. But as we, as we get to know, um, right. story, we realize that she's been excommunicated from her family because she thinks in juke joints. She didn't use her gift for mm-hmm. the Lord. So now she is the heathen. Do you know what I mean? And, right. And so she yes. like, that's what her and Celie have in common. They're both kind of like, for lack of a better word, excommunicated from their fathers. And, you know, yes, while Suge is pretty and Suge can sing, but she's still a woman and she's a black woman. And it's hard to navigate when your father has put it out there that you ain't no damn good. So all of those things. So they have these things in mm. common. And also, um, you know, you might always so say, well, why wasn't uh, Celie mad? She was fascinated by Shook. She's like, wait a minute. This woman's been out in the world. Instead of her being upset, yes. she goes, I'm not, if I help her on her feet, 
I might, just like her sister did, I might gain some knowledge here. Yes, and then that takes me back to the scene of when Suge first gets there. Yeah. Silly runs upstairs to go find her best yeah. dress. You know, like, I want to impress this woman who's coming because she's been looking at this picture of Mr. Dresser for years of this beautiful woman that she does not know who it is. So now that this beautiful woman I've been almost idolizing, you know, so many things. But she's here. She's at my front door. Well, what had happened here? Because she's a mess. She's drunk. She don't look right. She don't look like that picture. Yeah. You know? And and so it's it's definitely for Celia. Yes. It's like I'm gonna find out who this woman is. Maybe finding out some insight will help me have a better relationship with Mister. Or you know what I mean? Because again, you know, she lives at the servitude yeah. of her husband. And but then she's also like, what had happened here? Because this girl at the, in the picture, and this girl that's at my no. This girl, like, it's not where the girl who's on wrong? my front porch. I need, I need the dots to be connected, but it's definitely something. And she's. This is the other thing: is Celie's not a dumb woman. Everybody thinks she's dumb, but she's not. You know, Mister tries makes that breakfast, and it's a hot mess. And Celie and, and Miss Sugar's like, "Oh, you trying to kill me?" So yes. Celie figured out. Okay, I know how to cook. Uh huh. And she said, yeah, this is my end. And I'm, she, she this, is my end. I'm this is my end. This is my end. She probably thinks I'm stupid. And so I'm not going to be, she's not going to be intimidated by me. So I'm, she's going to let me in. Whereas with him, she's just not feeling him right now. So she makes the fluffy biscuits, the nice hot breakfast, you know, all of those things. And, you know, she'll get like, oh, oh, okay. exactly yeah this girl got something yeah so and and dissecting their relationship a little bit um with silly and suge because it does turn a little intimate i honestly i've never read the book have you read the book do they talk more about their intimate relationship in the book and it's also because Alice, um, Alice was married to a man, and 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 she then came out as a lesbian. That's, yeah. So that's her backstory. Um, oh wow! She was, and actually, she was in an interracial relationship. Her daughter's a writer too, and so she then embraced her relation. But the point I think what she wanted to show is not. Uh, she wanted to show that for the first time in her life. Celie was introduced to intimacy and love and caring, you know, which was, I think it was more than about sex. Yeah. It was more or less about when they're talking about sex and, you know, the way Shook described that and, 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 you know, like I said, is um, Celie goes, well, I just let him get on top of him, climb on top of me and do his business. And Shook says, you described it like he's going on the toilet on you. you know, and she says, oh, he's such a loving man. And he's so this and that. And and and, and Celie's looking at her. I don't know nothing about that. Right. So she is trying to show her. Right. This is what it's supposed to feel like. This is what you're supposed to be looked upon. This is how a man is supposed to treat you. And 
that I think is what she was trying to show because I think especially with women of that generation, Alice Walker's generation, again, uh, they were never honestly spoken to about sex and sex was for a lot of women explained that you are there as service for your husband. It's not about what your needs are. Do you know what I mean? Uh, right. No one had ever explained to them what an orgasm is or any of those things. So yeah, I mean it's rough. It's 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 like Ooh, thank God I'm out of that. Well, <laughs> no, because I, well, I, yeah. I would beg to differ. You know? I feel like we're still having that conversation. There are so many women. I feel like, especially black women, we're just so not free about sexuality. There's still this stigma of what a good woman is and what a bad woman is, or nasty woman in the color purple, so to speak. And that freedom of expression and sexuality for women has just not been accepted. And it's, it's, it's been pushed. The envelope has been pushed a little bit more now, well, you know, it's, but it's still it's, not I, acceptable. I think a lot of their relationship was a reflection upon Alice Walker's sexual awakening. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think mm. a lot of women today, mm. well, it's not uncommon. I think a lot of women will say, that at some point in their personal life, they had a relationship with a woman. I don't think they necessarily therefore would label themselves as a lesbian, but to them, it just probably was something that felt right and very natural and very comfortable and they don't regret it. Do you know what I mean? And I think that goes to the bigger conversation where, right. You know, women are not, as you stated, there are women who've been married for 40 years. They end up becoming widowers. And then, you know, they go out and date again. They might date someone younger or they might date someone who is more in tune with them that cares about how they feel in the, in, 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 in the sexual relationship. And here they are at 60 years old for the first time in their lives having an orgasm, experiencing things that they never experienced with their husband. And I think wow. with Celie, it was definitely one of those things because as we talked earlier, no one talked to her about sex and the do's and don'ts. And Danny's Glover character certainly didn't look at her as a sexual being. He looked at her as somebody that's just there. And she didn't have girlfriends. You know, who was she going to talk to about this? And so Shug is like, girl, right. let me help you. This is not how this is supposed to be. Yeah, for the first time for the first time if not well maybe not with with Nettie as well but for the first time there's someone in well, her life who sees yeah. her and makes exactly. her feel especially special Shug, makes her feel is in a way has complicated relationships with men also so she's trying to say is yes your whole, whole you you need to learn who your womanhood is not just about being of service to someone do you know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. that's the, that's the part. Yes. And it's also, I think the way it was shot was beautifully shot and it wasn't shot as something dirty. You didn't feel like you were a warrior. Seeing these two women connecting emotionally, spiritually, and sexually, which I think is super important because sometimes, you know, these types of things can turn into like soft porn. And I think Spielberg was very... Um, right. Yeah, he 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 treated classy that as a job, classy, deserved. classy. 
Yeah, and also he left something um, to the imagination. You, you know? know, the way Margaret Avery, who played Shug, when she first kissed, everything was intentional with love. Exactly. Right. I'm going to treat you with care, treat you like a flower. Right. How exactly. a woman should be treated. Let me show you like, how a woman oh, should be treated. You know, now she's like, oh, I know a little something now. We're not doing this. Yeah. Yeah, silly in love. Yeah, silly in love. Now she said, exactly. "Sugar is the is and, the and honey, and is, I'm the bee." And also to show you how men again underestimate women. So, uh, Mister was not at all like alarmed at the two of them becoming friends. He was like, "Well, right now, because you, you know, think he had any inkling of their it. intimacy? What? What? What is she? She's not going to teach her nothing because she probably mm. he probably thought that." Shook just thought of her as a woman that cooked and cleaned like a maid. He didn't think that they would take a shine to one another. Mm. Okay. Okay. So th- those are my themes for the for the movie. Right, as I Do said, you have any themes that you want to so point out? In or film. Because when you meet her, you're just like, oh Jesus, we don't have two hours of this, right? And, and, but then you're like, you know, that scene where she has the blade, you know what I mean? And, you know, you, you, there's a part of you that's like, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Did I ever ask you for anything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, you're talking about, are you talking about when she was going to give him a shave? You know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest. It ain't like he was a good dude. But you, you felt the turn there, right? You know, and also because he looked at her like, "Oh snap!" Wait, like she ain't that. Oh yeah, exactly. I, oh yeah, I pushed her. Oh, she's something. Something has changed in her because that mentality that reminded me so much, and I take it back to slavery of that comfortability you have of just maybe two or three white men running the plantation with a hundred blacks knowing that these blacks will never try well, to yeah, do anything and, because we have them mentally but after that we have them enslaved mentally he never hit her he never you know it he he knew that yeah. all right let me leave he her saw alone. the spark something had changed she still gotta make my food she's you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and he what left her alone <laughs> and, and, and let him know what well, this she done, she done got a little spunk in her Yeah. And honestly, so what I think the spunk was for that well definitely Oh, her that's why I said is if she would have cut him these letters from her sister. Nobody would have been mad at her. Like it, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, and and it's like she said, until you Nobody do right mad. by me, nothing in your life will go right. Because what he did, it was so um you know so um cruel. Yes, vile, vile. Because he had no reason. Where was she going? She had no money. Keep her from she her had sister. no. At least with the letters, she had no. She had nothing. He did it out of just that her pure evilness, just to be evil. Too. And she kept asking him, and he wouldn't answer. And he he was getting all these letters and hiding them. Yep. Yes, I just want to keep you below my feet. 
So that that just the mentality of I just want to keep you below, you know, and this low point. And so for her to find these letters was her epiphany. It, it gave her hope. It gave Silly hope. It gave her something to live for because and for so many she years she had just alone. been floating, like if something... just going going through the motions. Yes, I have people. I have people looking for me. I have people who love me, who care about me, who've been looking, who want oh, to connect with me. You're not the end all. It be all. is the thing that she needed, and I I don't think we give Whoopi Goldberg enough yeah. credit for. Because she played her, I want to say in her early 20s, all the way up to her, what, 50s, 60s. And it was, it was really like, Whoopi is beyond talented. And she should have won. But we, yeah, we, we, she should have won. Give her her flowers. Yes. Oh, that's a different conversation. So to wrap <laughs> to wrap up the color purple, what would you say would be the takeaway? No matter where you come from, from no this matter movie. what awfulness you go through, you can rise. You you can stand up, you know. You there's nothing that you can't come back from, especially with us women, you know, and you're not the only one out there. Absolutely. I, I'll, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you even talking about just from the standpoint of womanhood makes me think of not only did Steven Spielberg tell yeah. a story, of tell again, a black story, he told a woman's story. Put thought into it. I, it's not that men can't tell women's stories. It's not that white men can't tell black people's story. Just put some thought into it. Don't turn it into a caricature. And the other thing is, he listened to the actresses. Like, if they were like, oh, this shouldn't be done like this, or maybe we should be over here, he he let them be an active part of the conversation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To not to shut out their voices. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the color purple, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to go right into our next film, My Chic of the Week, Antebellum. I saw a screening of Antebellum, liked it. Katya saw a screening of Antebellum. It's to come out September 18th, 2020, featuring Janelle Monet. And Katya, what did you think of this? <laughs> what did you think of this film? You know, here's, here's, here's my thing, <laughs> I, I don't right? even know where to start with this There's one. intention and then there's execution. I feel like especially we done had mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about, and I know I just said done had, but we've had a lot of conversations about <laughs> execution and understanding. And I don't have a problem with people making a film that makes people uncomfortable. I have a problem when people make a film and I'm like, what is the point of this? And that's really where I feel about antebellum. Mm. Like if we're going to have black trauma and you're going to discuss racism, I just feel like there's so many different point of entry without us always being on the whipping end. 
Do you know what I mean? And I also feel like there are some mm. people in this film that are extremely talented, and Janelle Monet is one of them, that were not utilized to the best of their ability. You know? It's, it's just, it just, that was for me like a major okay. thing. I understood what they were trying to say, but I don't like seeing our pain depicted on the screen for shock value. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I first of all, I have to see it again. I have to see it again. I feel like you know I was trying to see it in a timely fashion because we had limited hours to actually you know take it in, and I need to see it again. I understand what you're saying as far as like, do we just need another slave movie just to have another slave movie? Like, what what is the point of this film? I think. So the point that I get from it is it's a modern twist on possibly having other races understand what it feels like to be ripped away from everything you know and into slavery. Because I think white white America and even a lot of black America, we have um, we understand what slavery did but the understanding of I was ripped away from my family my work I had a functioning life because a lot of white America didn't recognize Africans as having functioning lives so to see that on the screen of Janelle Monae's character had a functioning life she had a career a husband a house a family you know all these things going on and to be ripped away from that and into this was the shock value for me. So I think seeing it through that lens almost gives it a different spin because white America didn't recognize Africans as having you know functioning what? And lives. I feel you on that, but I feel like if they want to get that point of view, Roots does a better job of that. Roots does, in my opinion, does a much better job mm-hmm. of that. Like that whole thing, how they indoctrinated Toby into accepting his his slave name. Do you know what I mean? Like why it was so important for him to hold on mm-hmm. to his given name. Yeah, and why he Kinte. Know, continuously mm-hmm. escaped because he was like, I'd rather die than to live like this. Right. And I will say, I think when it comes to movies with slavery as a a big theme, it's almost like at this point, have we seen a film that hasn't told that 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 tells us a different story? Because we haven't. Every story is the same as far as like rape and brutality, the violence. We understand that, I think so that this film, I think, just does another layer of that. And, and to also, your point, do we need to see it again? You know, like this story has been told 30, 40, also, 100,000 times sure. in different ways. When we first saw the previews, I thought it was supposed to be a horror film. So it also has another problem because we don't know what type of film it's supposed to be. Is it a film? Like, okay, I he- when we saw it, the filmmakers are talking to us about it. And I'm like, okay, you're telling us it is supposed to be a thing on slavery. 
and on racism, but the way it's marketed, the way the previews came out when we first saw it and we were like, oh, this looks cool, was as a horror film. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I saw the trailer and I didn't know what to expect. I still, you know, even the, the pivot in the middle of the film was kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Um, but this this idea of modern day slavery and once again, the theme of women being property or just black bodies in general being property is, the, is why I tied it in with the color purple because I feel like we still haven't gotten over that as well. And once you view something as property, it can be damaged, it can be thrown away. There's just no yeah, value and to me, black it's like, bodies. Well, the two movies, okay, and the one thing, right, we... The, the trauma that was inflicted wasn't for shock value. And also we knew that Mr. was the bad guy. Right. We were always cheering for Seely. We were cheering from Seely from the door. Right. Like when she got married off to him, when she walked into that crazy situation, we were like, oh, poor girl. Right? We... We... Right when we are introduced to Janelle Monet's character, we aren't necessarily, um, how can I say this? You know, we're, Veronica is, we don't know what to make of Veronica. We know that she's successful. She has a good marriage, but we, she's not suffering, you know what I mean? And so, so it's hard to then all of a sudden once she gets yeah. kidnapped to then be like, oh, snap this poor girl because poor it's girl. just the way yeah. I think it was just how the whole thing was introduced and how the whole thing was handled uh, and I believe this film is an adaptation from a novel so I haven't read the novel so I'm curious to read the novel and I'm curious to hear from the author if they felt as though they 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 hijacked her her story or if they added to the conversation Hmm. I, and I feel like even now we're having a difficulty even having a conversation about it because the conversation pieces might be a little left open door like it's just what what, what are the conversation pieces so the themes in this film besides slavery I'm well, having yeah. a hard time you know, are we, are deciphering we, like if this would have been one of those things where you know, we have these white people that are supposed to be good people, you know, they are conceived of whether you want to say they're liberals and they're giving money to liberal causes and they're, you know, they're screaming Black Lives Matter or whatever. But in reality, they're part of this, this, this racist, horrible underground that, that just was created to infiltrate in order to um, get rid of like black agitators then I think that would have been more it would have right. been more interesting do you know what I mean whereas because as we're finding out in today's political climate a lot of people that we thought were cool now feel very they, they are, they're releasing their because of the climate that we're in they're releasing their um, for lack of a better word they are releasing their real political thoughts and then we're like, oh, really? 
Like, I don't know if I can go back and watch this person's work now knowing that they're full-fledged racist. You know what I mean? So, so to me, it's like, that would have been more mm, interesting. Yes, yes, yes. You know, where it's like, you know, if once you did that interview, oh, we're so great, blah, 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 blah. And now this woman goes home like, I'm so sick of these Black people. Who do they think they are? I'm tired of having to interview them. You know, blase, blase. And then you would have been like, oh. But I think that these folks just didn't like uppity black people for lack of a better word oh this is how we deal with them we are going to kidnap them and turn them back into time like the south one and just treat them yeah. like slaves and and the crazy part is because this whole thing takes place in present time so you kidnap one of the most famous and known people that's on TV and you didn't think anybody yeah ain't nobody gonna look for her like you just gonna do this and, and nobody's this is gonna looking. be a-okay like you, you weren't gonna have consequences mm -hmm. that's the shaky plot with this film but I almost feel like the audacity of that is is that too far-fetched I mean if we were to lose a prominent black figure today and they and the news says that he was murdered. I would we know that he's that, on the plantation somewhere? Like cotton? because of the age of social media, because of the age, I think of the age that you don't necessarily have to sit down. Like this is not the 1970s or 80s. If somebody kidnaps somebody that you love, you got to go to the traditional local TV channels. You can speak directly to people. Like you can go. You and I can go and have our. Um, you know, Facebook Live and our, our, you know, Instagram Live and be like, yo, something about this doesn't sit right. They're trying to tell me that this was an accident, that they ran off. And I'm telling you, this person right. had all these different bookings. They didn't take any of their clothes. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They Like, she has a daughter. She's happy in her marriage. Why would they just leave? Like, you know what I mean? And that's how the ball would get rolling. And, you know, we live in a world where people are conspiracy yeah. theorists. There would have been a whole Facebook group talking about that. The guy, you know, exactly. So to me, it's like all of Where is Veronica? Like right. Find Veronica. In the plot. And again, um, you know, when they kidnapped the girl that was pregnant, it's just, you know, there's no, like... Yeah, to me, there's like a lack of commitment to committing to the story to go down. If you're going to be, uh, I just feel like the people were very careless in the kidnapping, how they're committing the crime, and then also exactly like also right. How do we make this, this woman, actually like, make sense? Okay, you were over here, now you were this, and it's like, okay, do you people know that we're in modern day time, or are you just? in lack of denial like what what is going on is this is role playing to a whole new difference you know i hear you so okay so well, always should people see because i didn't enjoy something doesn't mean that you won't like i don't i don't i don't believe in saying like <laughs> don't go see it you know when this particular play case rented I always say, make up your own mind. There are movies of people that the public loves that I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I can sit through. You know, like Fast and the Furious, you lost me after six. I don't want to see 10, right. 12, or 14. Like, what well, has this? 
Exactly. And film is, but I'm like, film is art, so it's up for interpretation and different perspectives. The cars and all that, <laughs> the theme has not changed. But for some people, they might think it's innovative and they might think it's great. So, and also, you know, this is Janelle's first starring role. There's, there's a lot of Janelle Monet fans that are going to jump and, and see this. I think there's better work out there that you can see her in watch homecoming but um i definitely think that um it was not my cup but i definitely it wasn't your cup looking i mean if you look at the reviews on rotten tomato <laughs> some people think it's outstanding and you know you want to be able to be, see the same film i think it was a i think it was a good film as far as it's a conversation piece and I'm always there for pushing the conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's, what were they trying to get out of this? So I'm, you know, dinner table conversations about this film. Cool. Was it a groundbreaking, oh my no, goodness, I mean, get like out film? Is, no. When you listen to the filmmakers, okay, I understand what your intentions was. It's your execution that's a problem for me. I'm like, you know, we, it's like, you know how you have mm-hmm. intentions? Uh, when you're in your 20s to save a thousand dollars but you somehow don't that they don't make you a bad person <laughs> but when yeah when you when you look at your savings right account, you just miss the mark you miss the mark do you get points for saying well i did it <laughs> too and there's only 200 in there no because it's not a thousand so that's the way i look at it and maybe in the future you know, hopefully, I, I mean, you. this is my thing. It's like, I don't definitely think they should never make films again. But I hope they learn from this. And I hope that they make more works and that they grow from this. That they learn to, okay, what our intention is and what is okay. the screen has to match. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, um, and I, I we're gonna close this out, but I do want to know quickly what are you yes. watching right now? Are you, are you into Lovecraft? Until, Country? Like this week is when episode. Five oh my drops. goodness! So I can't wait to hear everybody's reaction because every week you're like, "What? Are you serious right now?" Right. What did I just watch? Because I have I not. Have. I have not and read the, the book. book. Have you read well, the book? I'm reader but here's the thing of course you have what i love though (laughs) is is that yes they took this book by very racist person and if he were alive today he would be having fits because they turned all the themes upside down right and named it the white people the bad people and you know what i mean so i do think that um yeah, well, I love Jonathan Majors. I have fallen in love with Jonathan Majors since I saw him in Last Black Man in San Francisco. He wasn't White Boy Rick, uh, you know, but he is just so versatile and so great. And I'm so glad that people are finally uh, catching up. And Journey has been well, amazing. What... It is the... Yes, I'm in awe of this. First of all, of the storytelling of it, it looks amazing i i'm tuned in and I, i'm glad you are watching it and you're familiar with the book because i would love to have you come on We'd a future happy, episode I'd and really go through some lovecraft country stuff this is um, what i love about the yeah. time we're in now especially with black women we are getting different looks we are not monocolistic 
you know what I mean? Tell our stories, give people to tell the chance yes. to, to do different things, you know. Um, and participate yeah, I mean, in stories could, that we have been pushed out of. We are not, they, they label us not the adventure seekers. We're not the Goonies, you know. So to put us in the, yeah. in the forefront of we can do it all. Adventure, sci-fi, and, and to do it well. They're them. doing like, it we all, so like, well. We all, like, we're like, so, oh, we can watch. It's just, it's don't worry, we got you. We got you. Yeah. Oh, I haven't oh, seen watch Watchmen. Watchmen. I haven't seen Watchmen. Yeah. It's just like, don't worry. Just take I'm going to get into it. We got you. And, you know, they're giving us Lovecraft. And, and <laughs> I just I just love the fact that these amazing Black women are stirring the pot. And I can't wait to see Candyman, even though I'm like a freaky cat. Yeah, so oh, I'm just like now black wait black to see Candyman. Like I saw one night in Miami today. Black black women do their thing. Budget, like give them the money, and stand back. Yeah, yes, and move out the way. Right, move out the way. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much, this was, this was a good discussion. I cannot. Yes, this is the first episode of my podcast, and I really wanted to have another woman come on and talk about these themes and these two different movies. So I'm glad that you were able to be a part, and Yay, I look for I will definitely have you on in the I'm future. Absolutely, for you. I love discussing film with you. Thank you, thank you. Well, we will talk soon, and definitely, definitely on some Lovecraft country bye bye. in the future. So be on the lookout. Yes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of She Critiques. I'm your host, Mercedes. You can find me on all platforms at She Critiques. That's C-H-I-C-C-R-I-T-I-Q-U-E-S. And we look forward to the engagement and all the feedback. Take care.